Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. Amen. So in Colossians chapter one, or Colossians chapter three, excuse me, starting with verse one, we're going through, going to go one through four, but we'll pause after one and two. Paul says this, he says in verse one, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. I like that. We emphasize that, but Christ Jesus's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, verse two, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Somebody say heavenly realities. Heavenly realities realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. So I love that because um, in in the mirror translation, verse two, Paul says, become affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts. And when you do this, it will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly realm. You ever, uh, you ever been in a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden you, something catches you out of the corner of your eye and you lose train of thought? You know, it's, you know we have, a, we have a, 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 a phrase for that. You know, and, you know uh, it's like, you know, if you see a squirrel, you know, a squirrel sees something shiny. Oh, something shiny and instantly distracted kids are, you know, notorious for that. Our kids, you know, be talking da, 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 and something happens and it, it's over. Whatever you're talking to them about, you've lost their attention. And what Paul is saying, he said, if we can become um, acquainted with now acquaintance, there's a difference between acquaintance and a friend. You know, we uh, in school, I remember when I learned the difference between a friendship and an acquaintance. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So, you know, because growing up, you always felt the, you know, like, okay, you got to be friends with everybody. Duh, duh, duh. But we all had that one kid in school, that one kid at the lunchroom where you're like, man, I, I just don't want to be friends with them. They're mean. Duh, duh, duh. They, you know, not everybody likes them or whatever it is. You know, they pick their boogers and eat it. I don't know what it was. You know, for me, that's what it was. I, I can even think of that. I could visualize, I see the person right now. I'm like, yeah, if I saw him now, I'd still be like, show me your hands, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you washing them, you know. And, uh, and I remember when in middle school they taught us, I can't remember which teacher it was, but uh, taught us about the difference between acquaintance and a friend. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So then I started using it, and I realized I'm like, okay, you know, like this person, this, they're an acquaintance. So we know each other, we're familiar, but you, you ain't a friend. You ain't a friend. You ain't in that circle. And Paul is saying that even at the very least, at the bare minimum, you know, be acquainted with, acquainted with throne room thoughts or throne room realities, heavenly realities. Become acquainted with these at the bare minimum of your thoughts. Let those thoughts be consumed by you thinking, what is the reality of heaven? How does it exist at the throne of God? What is what is what is the will of God for uh, for my job? What is the will of God for my life? What is the will of God for this community? What is the will of God for this house? What is the will of God for my kids? What is the, what is the, what is the, how does, what is God thinking? What is Papa thinking? What is, you know, what's the Holy Spirit up to? What, what is the Lord doing behind the curtain that we can't see? It's thinking those type of things is what Paul is saying we should be focusing on, you know, because we all have those times where you'll be sitting at the house or sitting at work and you just start to pull out your phone. And what you do, you start scrolling. It's easy to do. You go to the doctor, you got to sit down in the waiting room, start scrolling. Say, I, I, because of my five-like self, I come prepared. I have my backpack everywhere I go for the most part. I don't have it tonight, but I have a book with me. 
um, in case I ever have some downtime. But in my backpack, I have like the, all the stuff. Um, I call it my emergency bag. There's only like maybe two things that are really like dire need of emergency, my inhaler and my EpiPen. All the other stuff, they're, they're not necessary, but they're necessary to me. And I got a book in there. I got earbuds because, you know, if I want to watch someone, listen to them. I don't want you. I don't know. It's mine. It's my it's my it's my time. I got my earbuds. I got backup headphones just in case, you know, come prepared. <laughs> I got a jump drive. I have a laptop. I have a couple books. I have a couple comic books. I have a couple magazines that I've highlighted articles that I'm like, oh, man, that would be good to apply to ministry. I have all these different things. I have a sketch pad. I have pens, pencils. Um, and I think I have a tape measure because you never know when you need a measure. So, <laughs> so I blame I blame the Montessori part of me because, you know, since we and used to before we moved here, Kelsey would be like, man, why do you keep a tape measure in your back? And since we moved back, there have been times where mom's like, uh, you got a tape measure? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I look at Kelsey, I'm like, say something now. So stuff, you know, like. And uh, but, you know, all those things in my emergency bag, they're not really necessary for emergency. But, you know, without my backpack, I don't I don't feel like I'm best prepared in case I have to wait somewhere and sit. But, you know, you know, and every person is different. But for the most part, if we're not doing one, if, if I'm not pulling out one of those items, I'm pulling my phone out and I'm scrolling. Why? Because I have downtime. We scroll. Why? Because we have downtime or we scroll because we get bored or we scroll because people make us mad. So we want to escape in our phones or we we scroll because we we don't like the way uh, the reality, the current reality looks. So we escape to see, you know, what's somebody else doing and da da da. And Paul said, instead of in those moments doing that, run into our phones or run into a gaming system, run into a person, run into a book, run into. He said, he said, escape, engage your mind with the heavenly realities, what it exists like in heaven. Well, Lindsay, there's peace that surpasses all understanding. OK, well, let me let me begin to meditate on that. Let me begin to think upon that. And really, as we think upon that, it's like opening a door. It's like opening a window for the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. Amen. Amen. So in verse three, verse three and verse four is really um, well, let me read this footnote for verse two. When Paul said, focus on the heavenly realities, whatever you face, listen to this, whatever you face in your daily lives, acquaint yourselves with the greater reality. So the heavenly reality is the greater reality. Amen. Amen. It's the it's the great. It's the best. You know, you have good, you have better and you have best. And for the most part, best is always what the best quality. You know, there's some um, there's some plans where, um, you know, well, if it, I, I, you sign up for something and like, well, which plane would you like? Would you like the, you know, they have the silver, the bronze or the gold or the bronze, silver and gold. And, you know, for the most part, we all know the bronze, you know, the bronze is going to be the cheapest. And we're all like, well, you know, you know, well, what all comes in the bronze, you know, because I'll take it. But, you know, what's the and we always say, what's the difference between the bronze and the silver? Nobody says what's the difference between the bronze and the gold, you know, because we understand the gold is the best one, but also it's going to be the high dollar. So we're always like we're settling. What's, what's the best between the bronze and the silver? You know, you got anything between, you know, bronze and silver? You got like a rusty, you know, like a rusty silver. You know what? What can I do? And Paul said, acquaint yourself with the best reality. So he, when he said that, he said there's nothing else that compares to the reality of heaven. There's nothing that compares to what it's what the thoughts that God thinks about. Thank you, Lord. you know, you know, when we look in Isaiah, he literally said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. 
they supersede you know what we can ever dream or imagine and paul says in this footnote whatever you face in your daily lives acquaint yourselves with the greater reality the things that are above do not engage your energy of the things that are below don't engage your energy in the things that are below it is the unseen eternal realm within us i like this right here it's the unseen eternal realm within us which has our full attention and captivates our gaze. It's the unseen realm within us. So I like that, the fact that he's pointing out that heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven is peace, joy, and uh, peace, love, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And he says that engage the heavenly realm that is within you. So he, he says that because it's easy to think that, okay, well, the kingdom of God, it's far off, and I'm trying to reach it and obtain it. He said, no. He said, what I, every, everything that you think that I have, everything that exists within heaven can exist within you. He's come to make his home within us. Amen. You are the house. You are the address that he, that he subscribes to. You're the address that he receives mail to if he receives mail. How awesome would that be? That would be a delight to deliver mail to the Lord because I know there wouldn't be any dogs up there. The, the mailbox would be brightly lit. There would be like a little basket of waters and, and all this other stuff for the mail. There's some houses that do that. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, lady comes out. Here you go, young man. Give me a little protein bar. I'm like, all right, appreciate it. I can't eat it, but you know, I'm going to pass it on. You just pass it along. And then here's when you know you got the really good ones, when they give you the, the, the ice cold water versus the lukewarm in a hundred degree. Oh, thank you for this lukewarm water. Okay, I'm going to pour it in my car because my car can take it, you know. <laughs> Not this. But, you know, if you don't give me that ice cold, I'm like, ooh, all right. And one lady gave me the Fuji. I was like, ooh, ooh. oh, I don't know what to do with this because Fuji, that's, that's, the, that's the gold water. That ain't the bronze package. That's the, that's the gold package. <laughs> I remember I, back when we was youth pastors in Bristol, one time Kelsey was on this you know, uh, trying out different brands of water kick. Me, water tastes like water. It all tastes the same. And uh, one time she bought this Fuji water and she come in the car and said, I was like, why'd you get that? She said, well, you know, I want to try. I was like, uh-uh. Like, you, you just bought the, the, the gold level of water. <laughs> like, Dasani, what, what's wrong with Dasani? Dasani's just as good. Well, you know, just, it should, just taste, it tastes different. I'm like, it tastes like water. I said, you know what I taste? I taste the $4 that you dropped on this bottle of water. I shouldn't be tasting that. I should be tasting the one ninety eight. That's what I should be tasting. Okay, so I, I don't, you know, we, this is the last time we do the gold package of water. The rest is just the one ninety eight, the Dasani's, you know, and all that stuff. But... <laughs> But ultimately, I said that because um, he said our eternal realm within us, uh, that's what should have our full attention and captivate our gaze. Watch this. A renewed mind conquers the space previously occupied by worthless pursuits and habits. A renewed mind, it, take, it occupies the space where our worthless habits or our, 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 our tendencies that, that are unhealthy whether spiritually, mentally, or emotionally, or physically. When we have that renewed mind, it takes up that space. Verse 3, <clears throat> in the Passion Translation of Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, you know, when we did the series on heavenly realities, we didn't get to verse 3 and 4, and tonight this is the two key verses. Paul says this, 
Verse three, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. I love that because last time I checked, none of us in this room, and I'm pretty sure you don't know any cousins, no uncles, no aunties, no, no friend or no uh, twice removed cousins and all that stuff. None of us were hanging on a cross. None of us were hanging on the cross on Calvary. That was not us. Still, Paul said, he said, you're a crucifixion with Christ. You're a crucifixion with Christ, but we, we weren't on that cross on Calvary. So why is he saying you're a crucifixion with Christ? He's saying that because guess what? We are in union with the Trinity. Therefore, his death, we were buried with him. And as he rose again, we rose right above with him. And, you know, I thought about this because two days ago I was... Uh, where I was um, been off work this week, but two days ago I slept in. I didn't set the alarm clock or nothing because I'm like, hey, the kids, kids gonna wait. I'm either gonna wake up from Mom and Dre, which they're not loud at all, so just give you a list of possibilities. Sorry, <laughs> he don't, uh, definitely not Dad because Dad's like a ninja. Like <laughs> you wake up and you know he was there because the lights on, but he's gone. <laughs> so you're like, you know, and I ain't got the location on Dad. You know, reminder done. So. You know, but dad's like an interest. I was either going to wake up with mom and Drea, wake up with one of the kids, which most likely would happen, or, you know, I'll wake up with Kelsey. So I didn't set the alarm. And, you know, Kelsey woke me up, but I was just like, uh, I checked over. The baby was still asleep. I was like, that's all that matters. Like, the baby's asleep, I'm asleep. So she gets up, gets ready. And eventually uh, the sun peeps through, the baby starts waking up. And I'm like, ah. So I raise up. Uh, before I raise up, I look at him. He's. You know, we're laughing. Da, da, da. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And I finally, when I sit up and I put my leg on the ground, out of the bed, put my leg on the floor, he starts cutting up a little, uh, and I say, it's okay, buddy. Daddy's going to take you with me. I'm going to take you with me. And uh, immediately I thought about, Lord, that's us with you. That's what you did with us. As you rose from the grave, he took us with him. Rose us from the grave. And instantly I'm like, oh, mm, all right, Cohen. You, you feel that cold? Papa's doing something in this room. You better come on with me, baby. <laughs> and, you know, then I stepped with purpose out of the bath or out of the bedroom. I was like, wow. But that's what he did with us. That's why Paul is able to say, you're a crucifixion. Why? Because as Jesus rose from the grave, he took all of humanity with him. He took us with him. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. You know, that's why one of the reasons we sing, you know, you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won. What's the next part? I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. Pause. You can't crown the, you never crown the loser. You never crown the loser. I'm not one of those that's like, and in, in, uh, we got into a very comical conversation about this at work, but I'm not one of those that enjoys the participation trophies. And I'm not one of those that's like, everybody gets trolled. No. Not everybody gets a trophy. That was one of my biggest uh, hesitations when, you know, the boys did uh, spring soccer. I'm working and Kelsey sends me a picture of the guy trophy. And I'm like, my response was, did they win? Like, why they got a trophy? And she called me and she's like, everybody got a trophy, Lindsay. You're on speaker. And I'm like, good job, boys. <laughs> good job. And then uh, we hung up the phone and she texted me, thank you. I'm like, I just sent back, mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> if you ever want to know how to spell that, just mm, like a bunch of N's and then an H and then an M and some more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you never, you know, the, you know, even in a boxing match, they never crowned the person that lost. They only crowned the winner. 
So the fact that, you know, you crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place. We're seated. So that's the reality we should be focusing on. Okay, I'm seated with Jesus. I'm seated with Jesus. He intercedes for me daily. He spends his day and night thinking on my behalf, wondering, not even just wondering out of confusion, but interceding for us, pleading in our, on our behalf. Interceding, pleading, praying, protecting, guiding, leading. We take up his thoughts. We take up his thoughts. The person you see in the mirror takes up his thoughts. And he's not regretful of it. He's not, oh, man, Miranda. Oh, we got to make a way for Miranda again. Oh, Dre, we got to make a way for Dre. Oh, come on, let's be jobber for Ms. Alita. Oh, no, no. He enjoys it. He intercedes for us daily. And crowns us with confidence. So he said, you're crucifixion. And we said, the reason he says you're crucifixion is because we've been raised with him. So not only do we fellowship with his resurrection, but we fellowship with the sufferings as well. Amen. Amen. So in verse three, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. I like that because uh, to, uh, to sever the tie, that means, uh, you know, when he says it's the crucifixion has severed the tie to this life. Your true life is hidden away in Papa, in Christ. Your true life, your true life. Somebody say my true life. Now, we've talked about this before, but our true life, your true identity was the identity that God created before Adam and Eve fell. Because you were thought you were thought of, you were spoken of, you were created before the fall of man. We, we read in, uh, in Ephesians, I think it was chapter one, when we broke down the Hebrew, but that word that uh, literally when it said the fall of the world, literally traced back to before Adam, before Adam. So you were thought of before Adam and you were created with a, a, an identity that is not bound by sin. It's not bound by anxiety. It's not bound by insecurity. It's not bound by timidness, but it is crowned with confidence. Amen. Amen. Crowned with confidence. So therefore, if you're not wearing the crown of confidence, I encourage you pick it up and put it on because it's available. If you're not confident in that area, pick it up and put it on. Lindsay, how do I pick it up and put it on? You say, Holy Spirit, enable me to be confident in this area. Holy Spirit, give me what it takes to, to, to thrive in this thing that I'm doing, to thrive in this project, to thrive in this relationship, to thrive in this partnership, to thrive on this job, to thrive in this church, to thrive in this community, to thrive in this conversation, to thrive as a spouse, to thrive as a parent, to thrive as a child of God, to thrive as a to thrive as a an ambassador for Christ, to thrive as a worshiper, to thrive, to have a life of a worshiper. Yes. And we said that, that that word worship, it's meant to be face to face. In fact, you know, most, most denominations get uncomfortable with it. But really, if you look at it in the very original context, it's it's uh, the, the the what is it? The, the mental picture or the the artful picture that's painted is to kiss. You know, you can't kiss somebody from far away. You know, yes, we do it with comb like comb blow kiss. And he's mm, he just he ain't got it fully yet. <laughs> like when you kiss, you're close to close. You're face to face. That's what worship is meant to. It's meant to be in a space where it's face to face. It's close proximity with the Lord. Lord, help me to thrive as a worshiper, to thrive as somebody that has that face to face fellowship with you. Yes. See, when you have face to face fellowship with somebody, there's no confusion between you and the person. You know their intentions. You know their agenda. You know what they're thinking before they even say it. Why? Because you can see it. There's nothing that's in between you and them. <clears throat> but he said the crucifixion has, has severed 
the tie, it has severed our tie to this life. Your true life is hidden away in Papa. It's hidden away in Papa in Christ. Why? Because Paul said that, that uh, God was reconciling the world through Christ. He was in Christ reconciling the world. And I've said it before. You know, a lot of people disagree with it, but I love it because um, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite books, I actually like the book better than the movie, but The Shack and how and it, they, they did this in both the book and the movie. But, you know, when McKenzie, the main character, when he's, you know, accusing the father, you know, well, you abandoned you, you abandoned all of us. You even abandoned Jesus on the cross. And, you know, the you know, the, uh, the lady that's portraying the father, she stopped washing dishes. And uh, which I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, a lot of times we think that God doesn't get his hands dirty. God's, you know, God's just sitting up there, oh, you know, got to keep my cuticles good. <laughs> but, he, you know, she stops washing dishes and uh, she dries her hands and she shows the palms of her hands. She says, that what you think we were doing. I love because it goes back to Paul saying that God was in Jesus reconciling the world. If you're in something, you're not apart from something, you're in it. That's that's another conversation. But I love that because Papa was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. We are hidden in Christ. We are hidden in Christ. See, being hidden in Christ looks like Acts 17, 28. Because in him I live, I move, I have my being. That's what being hidden in Christ looks like. How well are you at playing hide and seek? How good are you playing hide and seek? That's something the boys have discovered. They love playing it, and it gets reckless and dangerous very quick. <laughs> very quick. Uh, bless their hearts. You know, they try to play with me, and I, you know, they have to realize, hey, daddy's got home court advantage. I grew up in this. I know places that your nana and G-daddy don't even know where to hide. <laughs> I know places that I never showed Drea just so I could still win 20 years later whenever I came back. I didn't know I moved away, but I just knew, like, yeah, these pl- I'm keeping can- this right here. Keep them close to the vest. <clears throat> and whenever we play hide and seek, I'm like, you know, I, I give them the bronze performance. And then I don't even give them the silver performance. I give them the gold. It's either bronze or gold. I'm like, you know, oh, okay, well, Daddy kind of feels sorry for you. I'll just I'll halfway play. You know, and then Kellen, bless his heart, he gets it from his dad and his mom. He's very competitive. He starts, he starts, he's starting to talk a little trash. We played a game today and he was talking some trash. But, uh, we, you know, whenever we do hide and seek, he gets confident. He's like, oh, daddy, you, I found you quick too. You thought you had it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like when they got home from school, I just, I thought I'd do something very nice. I went upstairs and got my PS4 and connected to the TV and let him play basketball. And, you know, Keenan was feeling bad because he kept losing. So I'm like, it's okay, buddy. Me and you are going to play. So. Played, let him win, obviously. That's what you're supposed to do. At least once. <clears throat> At least once. And uh, so then Kellen said, I, goes, I didn't get to play, Daddy. I'm like, okay, well, you play against me, so I let him win. And, uh, you know, it ends. And Kellen stands up, ho, ho, ho. I'm like, what did you say, dude? He's like, Daddy, and you gave it your best, and I didn't give it my all, but you gave it your best, and I still beat you. Ho, ho, ho. I looked, and this is the honest, the honest truth. I looked at the stove clock to see what time it was, and I'm like, "We gotta go pick your mom up." You better be glad we got, we gotta go pick your mom up. <laughs> you talking like that? I put you in your place real quick. <laughs> I turned the thing off, but I hesitated as I was turning the system on. Like, I just whispered under. I was saying, "I'll be back." <laughs> and I told Kelsey about that. She said, "He said all that." I said, "Oh yeah." I said, "He's feeling himself. Had his first day of school, and you know, win a couple games, has snack and all." I said, "He's feeling himself, but just wait till the weekend. We're going. We're going. We we'll remind him. We're going to give him the reality 
the heavenly reality on earth. But, you know, being hidden in Christ looks like at 1728 that we live, we move, we have our being. How well are we? How good are you at playing hide and seek? Not the childhood game, but how good are you are making sure that you live, you move, you have your being in Jesus and not yourself. Making sure that you're allowing him to to lead you, to guide you, to influence you. Allowing his voice to tell you which way to turn. Allowing his voice to give you inspiration versus uh, a movie or versus a song or versus, you know, what your peers are doing versus what you see on social media. Are you allowing him to inspire you? That's what our lives being hidden in him looks like. And then not only should our lives be hidden in him, he's the one we should be seeking. Amen. So how well are you at playing hide and seek? How well are you at making sure that, okay, I'm going to allow him to not only lead me and guide me, but also I'm going to seek him in the times, in my down times. Instead of just endlessly scrolling and scrolling and scrolling or endlessly trying to find something to watch or trying to find somewhere to go or whatever it is. Am I allowing myself, my life to be hidden in him to where everything, every, the, the littlest function is because of him. And even when I have time to where I can do it on my own, I'm still seeking him first. Amen. Amen. Still seeking him first. But I love this because, you know, to lose sight of the uh, if we're going to if we're going to, you know, play hot and seek clearly our lives being hidden in Jesus. We have to understand that when it comes to a life of worship, we we can see that face to face fellowship. We have that face to face fellowship and to lose sight of the face of the heavenly father is to lose perspective and purpose. It's to lose your to your understanding of your true identity, which is I'm a son of God. Ladies, you are a daughter of God. Your true identity is you are a son of God. You are not a sinner saved by grace. I said, we said that two weeks ago, but you are, give you some English, uh, give you some English, uh, English lesson, grammar lesson. In order for me to say I am, then I'm saying in my present tense, I am a 33-year-old man. Okay, in my present tense, yes, that is true. If I say I am a sinner saved by grace, I'm saying in my present tense, I am a sinner, but the grace of God is working. And see, this is the way we grew up. This is, you know, there's songs about this. There's books about this. There's hymns about this. But in my current state, in the eyes of God, I am his son. Why? Because Jesus's resurrection is my resurrection, too. So therefore, in his eyes, when he looks at me, that's not a sinner saved by grace. That for for a nanosecond, he was a sinner. and My grace saved him and made him a son of God. And then in, in that moment, he didn't, the grace of God didn't just make you a son or a daughter of God. It brought you back. Why? Because you, in order to be redeemed, you originally had to be a version that needed redemption. You can't be redeemed into something that never existed. In the very beginning, you were sons and daughters of God. And we lost that through, through Adam and Eve's sin. But guess what? Jesus has redeemed us. He has brought us back. As he has risen, we have risen with him. We are sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters of God. And by this understanding, it takes the pressure off of you to try to perform day after day. Try to, okay, God, you know, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. And, and, you know, and hopefully can rig something. Hopefully can convince you to, to, to make a way to be that gyre that we sing about, to be that way maker, to be that provider. No, no, no. As a son and daughter of God, I get to wake up and experience all that you have for me. My kids, they wake up as sons of their daddy. Knowing that whatever their daddy has, they get to have. Why? Because that's the love. That's that's the way it goes as a son of Lindsay Melton. 
they know that, okay, well, guess what? Daddy's got a game system, so they get to play the game. Why? Because they are my sons. They know that, oh, you know what? Daddy, daddy likes to wrestle. Daddy likes to do, 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 do whatever daddy likes. We get to benefit off from it. Why? Because we're his sons. What does the father enjoy? Well, Lindsay, I'm not fully sure. Well, guess what? That's why Paul says focus on the heavenly realities. Discover what he enjoys. Discover what he loves. And when, and when you discover this, you're, here's what's going to happen. You're going to discover it and you're going to war within yourself because what you're going to discover is who he loves is the person you see in the mirror. And because we know we are our worst critics, you beat yourself up more than the devil does. Jeez. No, Listen, Mike Tyson is a scary dude, but Mike Tyson cannot beat me up like Lindsay Melton can beat myself up. Mike Tyson is a scary dude, but he cannot beat you up the way you beat yourself up. That's right. The devil, the roaring lion, does not criticize you the way that you internally criticize yourself. That's right. The way that you internally punish yourself. That's right. The way we internally put ourselves down. And when we, when we focus on the heavenly realities, we're going to see that we're the only ones doing that. The Father's not doing it. Jesus isn't doing it. The Holy Spirit isn't doing it. And I mean, if, if anybody had, uh, had the reason to do it, all, all three of them, they see us at our worst. They, they see the thoughts. They hear the thoughts. They know the thoughts, that, especially the ones that are underneath the surface. You know, when we put the makeup on or we put the good clothes on, we're like, oh. People, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. They see how you really feel when you want to be like, bruh, I'm going through it. I'm not, I don't feel blessed. I want to cuss everybody out and get out of my way. You know, they see, they see all that. <laughs> they see who you are in traffic when nobody else is in the car. They see that. They see who you are when you're at the grocery store and you get in that one checkout line and the one lady's bringing the stuff up. You're like, oh, here we go again. When am I going to learn? Or they see, they see it all. They see it all when everybody's asleep and it's just you and your thoughts. And still, and still, and still, and still, they still claim us as sons, still claim us as daughters, still love us, still don't withhold anything from us. And Paul said that this truth is what we should be focusing on. This truth is what we should be spending our thoughts around instead of just endlessly scrolling, instead of just endlessly staring up to the sky and wondering, when is my life going to get better? When is it going to change? When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? When is the promise of God going to, going to be fulfilled in my life? You can be hidden in Christ or you could be exposed by your own self-effort. We can be hidden in Christ or we can be, we can be exposed by our own self-effort. Let me finish with verse four. <clears throat> in the Passion Translation, Paul says this in chapter three. There it is. He says, and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. Mm. We, we just said that. So watch this. Paul says, as Christ himself is seen for who he really is. I said, I said, what's going to happen is as you discover what makes the father happy. Paul says in that in that same venture, in that same journey, as Christ himself is seen. So as you discover him. You will discover who he really is. And in doing so, who you, somebody say me, me, who you really are will also be revealed. It didn't say as you follow the things that your peers are doing. It didn't say as you as you keep up with the most current trends, as you dress 
uh, to be relevant as you keep up with the Joneses, as they used to say as, uh, when I was a kid. As you keep up with the Joneses, that's when you're going to discover your true self. No, Paul says, as you, un- as you discover Jesus, you will discover who you truly are, which means there's a connection there. Why is there a connection? I'll tell you why, because we just read it. Because Jesus' resurrection is your resurrection too. Amen. You are, you are tied with that. You are, you are attached to the hip by that. You know, the, when we lived in Florida, and I'll close with this. When we lived in Florida, the, the Lord gave me an understanding of God's will. And it's a super, super simple analogy. But, you know, when it comes to God's will, that is a very heavy topic in our circles. And the best way to explain it is there is this time where Kelsey and, and Keenan, she was still pregnant with Cohen. Kelsey and Keenan were staying home. Me and Kellen walk in from school and work. And, you know, Kellen, it was super cute. I wish I might have to look and see if I could find a video of it. But Kellen and Kellen run up to Keenan. Keenan be like, brother, Kellen, brother. And they hug and da, da, da. And, you know, talk about their day a little bit. And Keenan be like, brother, come look what I did. And, like, run in the room. Oh, wow, brother, you did that. It'd be so cute. Da, da, da. Kelsey, give me a hug, kiss. And then Keenan come, daddy. And he run. And then he hugged me, but he hugged my leg. He hugged my leg. He just stayed there like a little uh, koala, just wrap his whole body around there. And, uh, and I said, I love you too, buddy. He just, he, 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 he laughing. I'm like, all right, let go. No. He would let go. He just gripped tighter. I'm like, all right, you're going to have to come with daddy then. Okay. So we go to the kitchen. Go to the kitchen. And, and after a few times, he learned. Originally, he did this out of love. But after a few times, he learned, okay, if I want to snack, this is what I'm going to do. Because when daddy walks, in the, uh, walks into the apartment, he's going he's to eat. He's going to eat. <laughs> yeah, I give my hugs to everybody, but then I'm straight to the snack cat. All right, well, you know, if dinner ain't on. We ain't got no plans. All right, well, while we make it plans, <laughs> I'm going to be an appetizer. And I walked to the kitchen, and uh, but before I walked to the kitchen, I'm like, Daddy, come see what I made, come see what I made. So uh, he would stay attached to my leg, but I walked to his room. So therefore, everything that he had done, I got to see why, because he was attached to me. So flip it, now, okay, now it's time for a day to go about his agenda that he was carrying out. Well, now Keenan gets to be a part of that, why? Because he's attached to me. He's attached to me. We are attached to what the Father, Son is doing. Why? Because his, his resurrection is your resurrection too. Not only was he raised, but you were raised. And the devil, that's why the devil loves to make us feel like we are defeated. Why? Because the opposite is true. We're elevated. Amen. A, we're victorious. We're crowned with confidence. We're crowned with confidence. That's why all the thoughts that the devil loves to, to inspire our way is always just pushing us further and further and further down. Why? Because the truth of the matter is your true identity is you are risen with him. As he is, so are you in this world. And last time I checked, he's not defeated. He's not sitting in second place. He's not sitting in third place. He's not sitting you know, on the bench. He's not waiting for the next go around so he can try to win the war again. No, he's sitting in the winner's circle. He's sitting on the right hand of the father, which if you didn't know the right side, it's, it's a symbol of authority, a symbol of authority. And he has all the authority in the world. And what does he do with it? He intercedes for us. He spends his time day and night thinking about us. Why? Because in his mind, we are the apple of his eye. He's like, hey, those are the sons and daughters. Those are, that's my bride. I love them. Intentionally, he loves us. 
I love this because occupy your mind with this new way of living. You died with Jesus. You died when Jesus died. Therefore, whatever you used to define, whatever used to define you no longer defines you. Whatever used to define you in this life no longer defines you. Jesus in his fullness defines you. That word define, it literally means identify or discover or create. So therefore, when we read in verse three, I'm going to read verse three in the mirror translation, even though we read verse four. But in verse three, it literally says your union with his death broke the association with the world. And then Paul says, see yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ. I love that word fortress because guess what? Fortresses, they have fortified walls, fortified shield walls. And Paul says, see your life now that you've risen with Christ. See your life like you are living in a fortress where you are hidden in Jesus, hidden in Jesus. And then verse four, where we've ended with the unveiling of Christ as defining your lives. It goes back to saying when we discover Jesus, we discover ourselves. And then we read in verse four, the unveiling of Jesus. It defines your life. I've never been a fan of the movie Shrek. Don't like it. I just want my cup of tea. But there's a phrase in there that everybody quotes. And Shrek always says, you know, when he's explaining to the donkey about himself, you know, who, you know, the best way to, uh, to understand what ogres are. We're like onions. We have layers. We all remember that line, at least the, you know, millennials and Gen Zers. We, yeah. Well, the onions are like layers. And when he was trying to explain to the donkeys, you know, what you see on the surface, there's more to what you see. You know, going to the 80s kids and even the 70s kids, Transformers, there's more that meets the eye. You know, Transformers, more than meets the eye. Anyways, but what he was explaining was there's layers to this. And literally, as Paul said, he says, as we unveil Jesus, as we get to as we peel back the layers, not because he's withholding anything from us, but because we've inherited the same way that Adam viewed God as someone that was ashamed and upset. The fact that he sinned. Someone that was embarrassed of him. The fact that he said, when guess what? God didn't. God never asked to cover Adam. Adam asked God to cover him. He said, don't look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm naked and I'm ashamed. He didn't say, God, don't look at me because I know you're ashamed. He said, no, 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 because I'm ashamed of the, what I've done. And because God is loving, a loving father. He fulfilled his request. And as parents, how many of y'all have ever filled a request for your kid? Knowing that, you know, this ain't what I want to do, but if this is going to make them happy, I'm going to do it. That's what the father did. I'm not ashamed of you. But if this is going to please you, if this is going to appease you, okay. But Paul said, as we unveil Jesus, as we peel back the layers, as we allow the Holy Spirit to, to remove the veil from our eyes, not only are we going to see Jesus, but we're going to see who we truly are. We're going to see who we truly are. And you know what? The last few years, I've started to discover a little bit layer by layer man there's more to Lindsay than I thought not trying to put myself on a pedestal I'm just using myself as an example because I don't know your life but there's days where I'm like I even tell Kelsey Kelsey I remember there's a point in my life where I used to think this way or I used to not like this I used to be afraid to touch this or I used to be oh and now I'm like uh. I remember before we had Kelly I did not mess with anybody's kids still don't kind of mess with people's kids you know your kids are your responsibility I got mine. Yeah, I'm good. I'm great with mine. Yours, not so much. Not so much. I'm, I'm just good with mine. I'll do good with Dreas. You know, whenever you have it, don't rush into him. You better not rush into him. Just telling you right now. Don't do it. What you're not going to do is, all right? 
Um, Miranda, I'll, I'll be good with yours. I'll do my best. Okay. That, that's, that's my guarantee. That's my guarantee. I will do my best. <laughs> you get what you get and don't throw a fit. All right? <laughs> don't throw a fit. But, you know, ultimately, like, I, I've told Kelsey, there's, there's, you know, especially before Kellen was born, I, I wouldn't touch a diaper. Wouldn't even touch a diaper. I remember when we first brought Kellen home, I had the blue gloves. When it came time to change, I had the blue gloves on. I had an apron. Had all this stuff. <laughs> I can't, I'm serious. We're sitting in our apartment. And I had all this, you know, and especially when I changed his first poopy one. I was like, oh, here it is. Okay. Get all stuff on the couch. I was like, what are you doing? You got to change. I was like, hold up, girl. Hold on. We got to layer up. <laughs> and I, as I'm holding his legs, I'm just like, you know. And I remember one time he, you know, he had an accent in his diaper. I didn't have time to put all that stuff on. And Kelsey, you just got to change them. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you know, and I opened it and nothing. I'm so like, okay, we're good. And guess what? He shot me. And, and that version of myself back then, I screamed. I screamed. And Kelsey was in the kitchen. She's like, what's going on? I said, hey, he shot me. And that's, you know, she's like, you mean he pulled? I said, yes. I love it. And she just starts laughing. And ever since then, I've been good. I can handle it. I can change it anywhere. You know, something happened with Cohen. Oh, just drop him right there. We're going to clean him up. Why? Because I'm, a, I'm at a point in my life where that, that, that version has been peeled away. And I understand, okay, I can, I'm okay. I can touch this. I can make it out of this. I can survive this. I'm good. What's going to happen as we discover who Jesus is? He's going to show us, hey, you're, you're more than who you've always thought you were. You're stronger than what you thought you were. And he's going to remind you of all the different things that you've been through, all the different things that he's carried you through. Why? Because we're hidden in him. We live, we move, we have our existence in him. And you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, this, this ain't all that bad. This is nothing. This is okay. Okay, I can make it through this. Okay, I'm, I'm, I can hold my head up. Okay, I can take a deep breath. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to make it through it. One of my favorite songs from Bethel is called, uh, it's called You're Going to Be Okay. And I love it because the whole, the, whole ver- the whole premise of the song is, you're going to be okay. Yes, the nights are going to be long. Yes, the winters are going to be tough. Yes, the winters may be cold and bitter, but you're going to be okay. Not because of what you bring to the table, but because you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. We are going to be more than okay. More than okay. He didn't do what he did on the cross just for you to, to uh, I don't know if I can get, no, no, no. You are crowned with confidence. And if you're not applying that confidence, then I encourage you, pick up the crown and place it on your head. How do we do that? Holy Spirit, give me the confidence I need to make it through this day. Not, not, let, me, let me rephrase that. Holy Spirit, give me the confidence to thrive through this day. Holy Spirit, give me the confidence to thrive in this season. Holy Spirit, give me the confidence to trust you even when I, even when I can't see you, feel you, or hear you. Give me the confidence to do so. Amen. Amen. So what God has been doing, I mean, because all this is connected, but every day our lives are being defined by the unveiling of Jesus. Every day your life should be defined, should be influenced, should be established, should be created by the more as you peel those layers away. Peel those layers of the onion away, discovering who Jesus truly is. And when you do that, you will discover who he is. Amen. You will discover who he is. I encourage you tomorrow. I encourage you tonight before you go to bed. Just say, okay, Lord. 
Holy Spirit, peel, peel a layer back so I can see you. Peel a layer back so I can see who I am. Peel a layer back so I can see you the way you see it. You know, when, uh, when we got ready to leave, even though Keller was talking that stuff, I said, now, boys, do you know why Daddy let you play this game? And Keenan was asking to be, because you love us. We're your sons. I'm like, you got it. And anytime I ask him something, you know why daddy is? Because we're your sons. Exactly. That's why. Not because not even you, not because we like some of the same stuff. No, it's because you're my son. My DNA is in you. And it brings me joy to see you happy. Thank you. It brings Papa joy to see you happy. Yes. You know, just like the things that make them cry and hurt, it makes me hurt. Just like the things that make you cry and hurt, it makes him hurt. He doesn't like it when people leave your life and you're upset about it. He empathizes as well. Why? Because he's a father and that's what fathers do. And if we can see him this way, we're going to discover more about ourselves. And we're not going to fall for the lies of the enemy. And when we don't fall for the lies of the enemy, we're spending our days doing what we were put on this earth to do. Versus spending our days fighting the hamster wheel of, did the devil do this or did God do this? Is this the will of the Father or is this the way my life is always going to be? Well, it was this way last week. What about now? Or or I, 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 I forgot to do this. I forgot to pay my tithes or I forgot to pay. Uh, Next thing you know, we're just going through the loop again. When God's like, I have so much more for you. Just come on over. Just come on over. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We exalt you. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good.